Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Sports Saturday. Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. It's always an honor to talk to our next guest. He's entering his eighth year. It's hard to hard to believe, eighth year already. Uh, head coach of the BYU Cougars. He is Kalani Satake. Kalani, always a pleasure talking with you. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me on. I, I'm always uh, always uh, enjoy our conversations to to chat. I got I got to start things off with you, Kalani. That Big 12 schedule, uh, first off, I'm curious, how long did you know about the Big 12 schedule? I knew about the Big 12 schedule the day of, the morning before everybody else knew. So, t- so it wasn't, there, there was a, I think there was a attempt to just keep things uh, quiet until everybody knew. So I, I probably knew maybe a couple hours before everybody else. So, and I, I was okay with it. I, I just knew there was a bunch of different options, and I was just excited to see what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, Tom Holmo said, uh, I believe that he, he knew about the schedule months in advance. So he, he didn't he didn't leak it to you at all. No, man. We we, we got to be we got to be trust trusting partners from our Big Twelve, and I don't mind uh, Tom doing. I had other things on. Yeah on my mind and things to take, to take care of, but the way it worked out, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Your, uh, uh, maybe just a initial thoughts of, I know you're probably thought thinking about spring ball and at most, if you're looking at the schedule, Sam Houston, but, uh, just maybe your initial thoughts of, of that, uh, nine game big 12 schedule that you guys will be taking on this fall. Well, just really excited. I, I think we knew that there was going to be uh, a number of teams that we weren't going to play. And so I think the first thing was, who are we not playing? And then are we getting the four games at home or the four game, or the five games at home? And so when you look at that, it's like, okay, it matches up to what we want. But uh, I think the thing that's, I mean, when I know we have uh, priorities, things to look at first, um, you know, spring ball and all that stuff, but they, they have the whole schedule there. So it's not like I'm going to be, give you coach talk and say, we're only focused on San 
Houston State. We're focused on the entire thing because we, it's still new. It's the first time we've been able to see it, and so um, there's a lot of excitement about it. And and so that's even from our fans. It's even on our in our program from our players and our coaches. And so we're making plans for it, and we're seeing the the, the matchups and and just just planning it, uh, you know, for the season. I, I think um, there's a couple of years ago where we knew we were going to the Big Twelve didn't know what the schedule was going to look like. And then we try to hold it off as much as we can because we're trying to play a season, two seasons, in fact. You know what I mean? And and now that we're here, it's like, hey, let's just enjoy it, love it, and have ha- and just have tons of happiness with it and, and see what we can do, <laughs> what we can do, uh, make sure our team can get ready by the time we hit fall camp in August and get ready for this first game against Sam Houston State and obviously the nine in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the conference. Kalani Sataki is my guest. And Kalani, you know, I've always – Wondered, you know, because this is all kind of foreign to BYU. It's like re, 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 kind of remembering how life is like in a in a conference. Just maybe, what does that do to um, knowing who you're? Not because there's going to be some years where you don't play certain teams, being in a 12 team or 14 team league this year. But how much do you think it can help the program having that continuity, that familiarity with certain teams, and knowing how to construct a roster to go up against? Uh, whether it be Baylor or whoever, it's going to be Kansas State, uh, knowing what your you know layout is going to kind of look like each and every year. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I, I know that Tom is, uh, is scheduling the, the for him has gotten a lot easier, you know. And so for for us, it's just having that the the familiar opponents and and knowing you know whether the conference is 12 or 14, it's just knowing um, that you're going to play the certain type of teams from the same same group. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and then when you do that, you can now you're playing for a lot of things. You're playing for for bowl games. You're playing for uh, for championships in the in in, in in the conference and you're playing for all conference accolades, things like that. There's a lot of stuff to play for. Um, and, and, and it's good to be invited and be part of the conference because there's a, you know, we've been there before we've been part of a conference, but now we're in the P five. Uh, everything gets, gets ramped up a little bit more. And so the, the excitement, the energy around it is going to be, it's, it's already happening. You can feel it from everyone, but the the fact that we're going to be choosing, uh, we're going to be playing from this group of players, I mean, group of teams. And then the fact that we'll, we'll establish natural rivalries with, with them. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something that we've been missing for, for 12 years, obviously. In what area Kalani has P5 affiliation ramped up uh, the program the most? And that you know you can take it whatever direction you want to go, whether it's something obscure that fans maybe never see, or something that could be tangible on the field or or personnel. Like what from your vantage point, what do you feel P5 affiliation to this point uh, has, has ramped up uh, BYU football the most so far? I feel like I could, I could answer that question in so many different ways. Um, the thing that comes to mind right now is because of signing day is so new to us, right? The, that it, it just happens. And so um, we, what we want to do when you're talking about just recruiting, um, there's people that we recruited and that we would never have a shot at getting before uh, we were in the big 12. And now we got them. There's, there's guys, but, and you look at, at the, the, um, the signing class, but then you look at the preferred walk-ons and, and there's legitimate scholarship guys in this group of preferred walk-ons. It's amazing talent. 
and uh, these guys have turned down scholarships to be here at BYU. And, and the fact that the Big 12 and being a P5, that had a role in that. That, that, that had something that, that brought a little bit more um, flair, a little bit more um, intri- intrigue for these, these players. And when they came on the trip and they could feel like, hey, I can't pass up on this opportunity to go to the Big 12 and to play against such a great schedule and to play with uh, this program um, and be a part of it. You know, that's uh, that, that that right there, I can name those two things, recruiting and, and, and recruiting even your preferred walk-ons, adding to your roster. Look at the transfer portal, guys. I mean, there's guys that we had to that, are in the, that we signed from the transfer portal that are on our team that we had to beat legitimate P5s. We had to beat these guys to get these guys here. Um, and, and when you go through the list, these guys had, had offers from, from Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12 schools, and, um, you know, we, we're over here signing them and then bringing them into, onto campus and um, the Big 12 had a lot to had to do with all, all of that. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting when you bring up the transfer portal recruiting, Kalani. Again, Kalani Sataki is my guest here on KSL News Radio. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because transfer portal recruiting is just this quick deal where you know a guy might get an offer from BYU and then they're committing maybe in a matter of days after. Uh, it, it's such a uh, 180 from maybe what football recruiting used to be back in the day. Like I think back to, you know, Lavelle was planting the seeds with a guy like Haloti Nata as a freshman at Highland, and it took forever. Like they were waiting mm-hmm. for years to get someone like that, and and now it's it's such a quick process now. Uh, can you maybe take us behind the the curtain a little bit about like the the systems of of what how it what what goes into landing a transfer portal prospect because you guys landed a bunch of impact guys. I think for us, the guys that we landed were guys that we recruited earlier and may have missed out or lost on on some of them or didn't have a scholarship for some, you know. And then and then there's a, there's a, a, a few a couple that might that we didn't we weren't even on our radar or that we couldn't reach before. And so um, they they want to be here for the right reasons. They want to be a part of our program. They want to be part of and live the, the lifestyle that BYU students live. They want to represent our program the way that the church wants us with our mission. Um, all the stuff that we do is what they want. They're in line uh, in line with. And then you, you look at the the variety of them and just the the type of talent that they bring. I mean, the reason why it goes pretty quick for a lot of them is because we knew them from before. Like um, let's say Aiden Robbins, for example, we recruited him when he chose between us and Louisville and went to Louisville. He already knew about our honor code, about everything, our academics. And when he went to UNLV, I mean, I think we had we had Chris Brooks here, and that's why he went to UNLV when he was in the portal. And then when they had a change, when when Chris graduated, he said, hey, um, I, I think I want to be there. And so we, there's already a connection that we made from before, much like what we had with Puka Nakua and Samson, those guys. And so a lot of these guys we knew from before. The, the, the guys that are brand new to it, they we had, to, we had to battle with them. We had to teach them a little bit more about our program. Keaton Slow was being one of them, but he already had an impression of our place when they when he played here way back. I, I, what was that? 2018. 19, yeah. 19, yeah, yeah, and and so he had he had an impression of what this place was about. He he also has connections to to people. He's been around Jaron. He's been around Ryder Burton. He's been around um, you know John Beck. Those guys have all been involved in in. in talking about our program so these these guys is an easy transition for them they they want to be here for the right reasons and um so it went a little quicker but some of the new ones um i'm thinking like um you know if you look at like ian fitzgerald for yeah. example he had a lot of p5s that offered him and he had he was on trips and 
when he came on the trip here, we were like, man, I don't know if we can get him. But, you know, we, he, he really liked what we had to offer and just really just saw himself being here. And and, um, and, and we want him. And then he gave Coach Funk and A-Rod a lot of credit for that. So the, the entire group, um, they want to be here for the right reasons. And But the majority of them were people that we were familiar with from before. You brought up Keaton Slovis. Uh, I'm kind of curious, Kalani, with Jaron Hall now off to the NFL how will that quarterback position be handled in spring and in the off season? Is it a competition or is it Slovis's job to lose? Everything's a competition. You know, the, the only one that won't be in the mix of the QB competition will be Soljay because he's moving to running back. But everybody else, uh, with, with Keaton, with Jake Retzloff, with um, Ryder Burton, with Kate Finnegan, with Nick Phillips, those guys will all compete. And, and um, obviously, there's people in there that have a lot more um, experience, Keaton being one of them. Like he's, he's got tons of experience, and, and uh, we'll see how this all shapes up. But they all know that there's a competition. But if you look at it from – from uh, from your perspective, you can see what we're trying to develop, and that's a competition, best guys play, but then there's also quality depth and guys that can really sling the ball. Along with Sol J, any other position changes that you guys have made in, in winter to, to prep for spring? Um, I'm trying to think. I think uh, we moved Caden Chinister to O-line. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's – uh, Six eight, and we we thought he could play D line, but now where he's six eight and three hundred, he's perfect. Looks like looks like Blake Freeland. So, uh, and you know, let's move him there and then get him started there, so he can learn to learn a position and hopefully become a draft pick like like Blake will become. A few more moments here with Kalani Sitake. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Eddie Heckard. Uh, you know, because he's a transfer guy that. I don't recall him having connections to BYU before uh, before he you know signed with Weber State out of high school, but obviously strong ties to Jay Hill. What is BYU getting in Eddie Hecker? Because I think sometimes fans look at, oh, he's from Weber State. How good can he be? Mm-hmm. This guy is a, seems like a big impact guy. Well, we, we had to beat two Big 12 teams and two Pac-12 teams for him. So that, that's that's how, how big of a get he is. He's an All-American player. Um, Fessy had, had recruited him way back when, before Fessy came here, and uh, obviously Jay's mentored and, and, and tutored him in, in the uh, in, in, in defense. He knows how to play corner, safety, and, and nickel. So guys are very versatile, but he's he's a beast man. He hits people, he knocks people down, causes fumbles. Great tackler, and he and he has the speed and and the the, the athleticism to cover slot receivers and outside receivers. So he's a guy that you can blitz. He's he's a, he's a dream when it comes down to you know uh, creating a defensive system and a scheme he's a guy that can fit in a lot of different places and he he came he wasn't easy I mean even even his connection with Jay Hill um, it, it was still a battle and it went all the way to the end and you know to the end of, uh, of signing and glad that he was, he was able to make the, the, the decision the right decision in my mind which is with us and uh, we're going to utilize him, and he's he's a big time player, and and he's, he 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 knows that he can test himself and his skills, and and prove people that, that he can play at the next level. Yeah, veteran guy, and and Heckard, I think he's going into his seventh year. But on the flip side, you got some young guys. Most notably today, uh, you signed L.J. Martin, a running back uh, from El Paso, Texas. He was signed back in December, but he made it formally announced uh, in February. L.J. Martin, what what are uh, what can BYU fans maybe expect from the type of player L.J. Martin is? Well, you don't want to put a lot of pressure on the him. Stanford high school football players. So uh, that same type of mentality, he he he's a 
is probably a little bit more developed than most seniors in high school. And I think he's probably closer to being a, a player on the field as a true freshman than, than most running backs. But he's put together the right way. And I, I love his background. I just love how he's uh, you know, the toughness that he brings to the game of football. He's got a great uh, football IQ as well. And um, obviously, he's great, great, great academics. He was committed to Stanford for quite a, quite a while. And, and um, when, you know, when it came to recruiting, we had to beat a lot of people for him. And I'm glad that he's part of our program, but a part of our family. And he's a, he's a, a great fit to us. And so I'm excited to see him run the rock for, for the Cougars. Kalani, I know that uh, you don't make those comparisons. I know you're not putting pressure on him, but uh, I, I think back to when you brought up uh, uh, Micah Harper. You drew a comparison to Diane Lake, and uh, I think Micah Harper's turned out pretty good too. So uh, I think uh, definitely a big get getting L.J. Martin uh, to sign with BYU. Well, Kalani, it's been a pleasure chatting and uh, looking forward to spring ball kicking off March 6th. That was exciting to hear that, and uh, uh, it'll be here before we know it. So talk again down the road. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mitch. Go Cougs. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.